when hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still that is the time when ghosts are present practicing their terror with ghoulish delight that brings Disney and technology closer to home. <laughs> Welcome to the DizCast with your hosts, Kyle Duffield and Mark Silverman. Today is Sunday, October 31st, 2010, and this is show number 34 of the DizCast. Coming up on this Halloween edition of the show, Kyle is back from his first Disneyland trip and gives us a review, plus the Destination D Disneyland 55 event. But before we get into that, we have some contact information. You can find us on the web at syllabies.com forward slash discast, email the podcast at podcast.syllabies.com, follow us over on Twitter at twitter.com slash discast, or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the discast. And now, on with the show. It is now time to journey into the dark and haunted halls of Gracie Manor, better known as the Haunted Mansion. On this week's Discast Roundtable. <laughs> Joining me to give us his highlights of his first Disneyland trip and the Destination D Disneyland 55 event put on by D23 is none other than Kyle Duffield. Hi, Mark. First off, as I said before, before you left, I am still extremely jealous of your trip, as I have not been to Disneyland in at least 10 years now. But, um, I mean, where do we start in this such packed event? I'd like to actually start by talking about, uh, my journey into Disneyland first Go before we get to the actual event. I arrived at Disneyland at about four in the afternoon on, I believe it was Wednesday, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was yeah, Wednesday. Uh, I didn't go into the park that day because I only had a few days uh, park pass. So I kind of walked uh, towards Disneyland and had lunch at McDonald's and it was kind of just weird to hear all the surroundings of Disneyland outside in the streets. It was just really weird seeing the monorail and hearing the train stuff like that it was just a surreal experience and uh, it was kind of weird to be there in person to, to hear all that stuff going on um, but then the next day I woke up really early so I can get to the rope drop which um, I'm surprised they don't really do a like a real, like show rope drop like they do at Walt Disney World um, basically it's just like they drop the rope and hey you're open don't run <laughs> it's not like at Disney World they don't want you running in Disneyland so but uh, I just took it all in, and Disneyland is such an amazing place. It really is. My first ride was the Jungle Cruise, and that was really cool. Um, Indiana Jones was closed for the first couple of days, which really disappointed me, but uh, we'll get into that later. But just being able to take everything in was just amazing. And, of course, the, the, the Halloween's going on during uh, the time that I was down there, so Haunted Mansion Holiday was open, which was awesome. Uh, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did, uh, but uh, it was really cool. 
and uh, some of the new effects they put in this year are really nice as well. Did they have Space Mountain Gokes Galaxy up? Yes, they did, and it was awesome. Um, the lines for it were pretty long, uh, continuously throughout my trip, but the effects are just amazing, and I think that Space Mountain is just incredible. Projections of the ghosts are really great. Um, when you first go up, he'll basically just be popping out at you, and then he'll actually chase you as you're towards the end of the ride where you're going, at least as fast as you're going throughout the entire attraction. He'll actually chase you around, and it's really cool. And just having onboard music is really cool as well. So. The park itself is just amazing. It really is. It's a very special yeah, it's a totally different experience from Disney World. Too. Disney World's a lot more spread out. Yeah, everything's just in one area here, which is, I, I think I like that a lot better. You know? It's like Disneyland's here, California Adventures, just next door, and then you walk down a little bit, and there's downtown Disney. Yeah. Which is really nice. And I like their downtown Disney a lot better. But there's a lot more to it than at Walt Disney World, I think. <laughs> I was a little bit too young to remember my first trip to Disneyland, but I mean, it's really where everything started. So, you know, it's a completely different experience where Disney World is completely spread out. There's parks in different areas. You've got to take basically buses and monorails to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Here, you know, it's just a leisurely walk across the pathway. You're in a different park. I had to say the one thing that surprised me was how long some of the attractions are compared to the one the ones out in Disney World. I mean, Pirates is about, I would say, 10 minutes longer than at Disneyland and it's out in one Disney World. Mm -hmm. It's really surprising me. Actually. You know, the attractions are there on both coasts, but I guess that, not exact attractions there, but yeah, that actually is a little bit of a surprise that they wouldn't put in the same... Yeah, well, you know, Disneyland's geared more towards locals, and of course, they grew up at Disneyland, so they don't want to see a lot of things change, and I don't blame them either, so... Right, which, Disney World is, you know, a resort vacation destination. Disneyland, even though it's called a resort, is, you know, I hate to say it, but it's sort of a local spark. Well, and I felt that too, going down there, you know, it's very quaint in the way it's... it's spread out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like it's Disneyland, DCA, and then the shops over there. I mean, if I was local, I'd be going there every day. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's a very local park, but, you know, there's also tourist that go there too as well. So the city of Anaheim kind of grew with Disneyland. Um, mm -hmm. So when Disneyland was built, there wasn't really anything around it besides the highway. Right. And now it's basically a city exactly. around Disneyland. <laughs> Which is kind of cool, but um, being able to go into the park has being used to Walt, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. You can't go in there thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go this way. It doesn't work that way because I wanted to go to the Haunted Mansion. Usually the way I do it is, oh, I'll go through Fantasyland and I'll cut and then they'll be right there. Well, no, you can't do it that way. <laughs> exactly. And the Haunted Mansion is all the way in the back right next to Splash Mountain, which is really awkward for me. Yeah. I, I, I heard all the screaming. I'm like, where's the screaming coming from? And then, there was a, and then I saw Splash Mountain. I'm like, what the heck is that doing? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, everything is laid out very differently in Disneyland, so you can't go in there thinking you know where everything is. It's not going to work that way. Is there anything that really surprised you besides the longer attractions and the layout? Is there anything that really, you know, stuck out that definitively said, this is Disneyland, this is something that obviously is not there in Disney World? Um, I say when I walked in, um, I heard the cannons going off. Um, of course, that's, I don't know what significance that is for Disneyland, but, um, you know, every now and again when you go on Main Street, you hear a can go off, and I'm like, what's that? <laughs> but, I mean, you can really feel, when you go into Disneyland, you can really feel, you know, the spirit of Walt. And, you know, you realize this is the park that he built. And you don't get that in Magic Kingdom at Disney World. I mean, Magic Kingdom is still a very special park. Disneyland, is, it's just um, it's a very amazing place. And, um, I can't describe the feeling I got when I walked into it for the first time. It was just... Uh, it was pretty amazing, <laughs> but the one thing that shocked me was probably just 
you know, realizing this is where Walt basically lived for 10 years. You know, he built this park. You know, his apartment's still there, of course. You know, it's, that, that was probably the most surprising one. But I think, I think um, probably one of my favorite attractions out of the whole experience was definitely DNA and Jones' adventure. Um, it was shut down for the first couple of days because they were um, adding a new animatronic at the end of the, the attraction. That brought back a lot of memories because I remember back when I was a kid, uh, Mark, you're probably too young for this, but um, during the Christmas parade in 94, I think it was, uh, they previewed the uh, Indiana Jones Adventure attraction at Disneyland. And I always said I wanted to go there and ride it. And of course, I never got the chance to do that until now. So that, that brought back a lot of memories. And that ride's just amazing. It's so cool. Probably find a home on it on it in the um, East Coast, put it in Hollywood City or something. But I mean, it's kind of nice that Disneyland has its own ride that really is nowhere else. And I gotta say, the queue for that ride is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most detailed queues that you'll ever see. Of course, you walk in and you see the temple, then you walk in and it's like you just keep walking and walking and walking. Finally, you see the safety spiel and you think, okay, well we're there. Well, <laughs> you gotta walk up a bunch of steps and stuff. It's just it's an amazing queue, it really is. Disney really did a great job with that queue. It's one of the best queues I've ever seen. So moving on to DCA for a second. I mean, you know, it's the part that Disney has been working on, I think, ever since it opened. You know, they're go- going through a billion-dollar expansion. You know, did you feel that Disney really needed to do work on it? I mean, from what you saw, you know, is there anything that said, eh, it's an okay park, or it's a park that you would go to including Disneyland, or did you just go for World of Color? The main reason I went to DCA was, of course, for World of Color. Um, the first day that I went to Disneyland, I did join up with Lou Mangiello. He had a great WDW radio meet that was streamed live for like eight hours because we we didn't want to stop streaming. We, we just kept going on different rides and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. I actually got to ride Mr. Toad with him and all that cool stuff. I mean, he's a great guy, so that was a lot of fun. But um, uh, later that night, they also had a, a World of Color meet, which was really cool. Um, but I didn't really get a chance to go to DCA that much because I really wanted to focus on Disneyland itself or from... Uh, the little time that I was in DCA, um, I could tell that a lot of stuff was being changed and taken apart. Of course, the Malaboomer drop ride is being dismantled at the moment. Malahall Madness is going to be changed to Goofy Sky Training thing or something. A lot of things are being changed, and my thought of it was, I really don't want to go on rides that are going to be changed in like a year when I come back. So I did not really take a lot of time to go into DCA, and I kind of I regret that a little bit because there were some rides I wanted to go on. Really, the only ride I went on was Soarin' over California. So other than that, I didn't go on any other attractions, but I did see World of Color. But I mean, the park is nice. I mean, it's, the Mickey's Fun Wheel looks really nice at night. Um, just the lights on it are just spectacular, and the way it combines with World of Color when the show is going on, it's really cool. Yeah, the World of Color show is just amazing. We were pretty much, we got a good view of it. We were pretty much in the back center. And the show, I mean, basically you have to get fast pass for that show or you're going to be all the way at the other side of the lagoon and you're not going to be able to see much. The show was really incredible. We actually, as part of the meet, they brought out some, uh, after the show, they brought out some of the Imagineers that were responsible for the show. And, uh, you know, we got to answer questions. And uh, one of the questions that was asked was, are they going to be considering doing any holiday overlays to the show this year? And of course, uh, they say no, not this year, because they want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to see the original show before they go and change it for next year. So we're definitely going to be seeing some kind of holiday overlay to it next year, but not this year. But one interesting thing, um, we were able to stay in the park after it closed, um, and we got to see uh, the construction workers come in full blast and just take apart uh, the Little Mermaid signs, uh, like the board signs that they have set up at, during the day. They actually had to tear those apart so they can work. Yeah, so that was really interesting to see that. 
So you gotta think they do that every night, so that's pretty crazy. There's a lot of work being done in the park, but I think once it's all done, I think it's gonna be a, a better park than what it is now. But like I said, I didn't really spend a lot of time in DCA, so I can't really comment on anything specific other than what I was looking at, so. Now let's move on to the main reason why you took this home entire trip, the Destination D Disneyland 55 event. Yes, Destination D. Yeah, this is a really a better event than I thought it would be. Um, registration started the day before, and I went into the Disneyland Hotel, which is a really nice hotel. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to stay there next time. Um, but anyways, uh, you go into the, so the uh, convention center area, and uh, they have everything set up. Basically, uh, check in, and then they give you your credentials. Of course, your uh, 23 postcard gift, which was really neat. And basically, yeah, that was it for the check-in portion of it. And I woke up at about probably 5.30 the next morning. So I can get in line for the uh, presentation and there are already like 30 people in line. So it was pretty nuts. I mean, there's a lot of really hardcore Disney fanatics that were there. And it was pretty nuts. But I mean, the event itself was really structured uh, well. But I guess we'll just talk about certain certain presentations. Not not everything, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's some things obviously that stood out more than others. But before we get there, did it seem more structured than when you went to the uh, Flower Garden Festival? Yeah, I think it was, but I think it was more structured because it was just in the same area. It wasn't, you know, going to different places like the Flower Fireworks Festival was. Uh, this was just in the Disneyland Hotel the entire time. Um, I, I would say my only complaint was probably that uh, there wasn't really enough breaks in between. Basically, it's or start at 9 and it'd be like three seminars, which would be three hours. Then you'd have your lunch break for about an hour and a half, then you get, and then you have to line up again to get inside the, the convention center. Another three hours, they let you out for dinner, and then you gotta line up again. So I mean, I would have liked to see a little bit more breaks in between. But uh, other than that, I, I think it was structured very well. All right, let's move on basically to the main highlights, I guess. Okay. Let's start a pretty interesting event. Something that definitely I thought was interesting. Really. Yeah, this was this was interesting. Surprises, I guess. Galore. Um, a lot of it was just a lot of pictures of uh, Disneyland from the past. You know, what people wore and stuff like that. Um, the Mickey Mouse. Co I I'm sure you've seen the old Mickey Mouse costumes and stuff like that. Um, that's what most of it was. Was just poking fun at like the old costumes and stuff like that. Um, and I think some of the ideas for attractions and stuff like that were in there too. Um, this one didn't really catch my attention as much. Um, it's just more or less, you know, laughing at the past. Pretty much, it's what it was. But it was, a, it was a fun little little thing. But I gotta say, Paul Anderson was hilarious. Any Santa Marta he was in, he really did a good job. He was really, he was hilarious. I, I gotta tell you, the, his World Fair Santa Marta he did was just fantastic. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> Moving on with from Corky to Collectible, the wonderful world at Disneyland merchandise. <laughs> yeah, this this is interesting. Um, this is also this is like a nod to the past. Uh, basically, talking about some of the uh, merchandise that was available. Did you know they actually had a shop on Main Street that sold bras? I did not know that. No. <laughs> Neither did I. That's one of the things I remember from that seminar. I, I thought, what? Yeah, but they they really touched on some of the old music CDs that came out. They also talked about the Main Street Electrical Parade CDs. Just a lot of a lot of it was was musical CDs, um, and I can't. There was just so much going on. I, I can't remember everything. <laughs> Jam packed two days. Exactly. That's some of the stuff I remember from that one. So. All right. Well, then let's 
kind of get down here to the events that I think you were talking about before, the Night 64 New York World's Fair and the development of audio electronic characters. Yeah, yeah this was... Uh, your favorite person, Paul Anderson. Yeah, Paul Anderson. He was really a huge, but um, I think he said before he started this presentation, this is a presentation that he actually did back in college before he started working for Disney because he was such a fan of Disney before he even started working for the company. So it was really uh, fantastic to see him actually present something that he's worked on for years and years. So, um, But he touched on every pavilion, uh, especially the uh, Ford uh, pavilion, which really hasn't been touched on in years. So it was really interesting to see that. The vehicles were really neat. He touched on every area that they went through, including the prehistoric age, the Grand Canyon, all that stuff, which was really cool. And he also pointed out that there was actually two tracks going at once so that uh, they could keep the people flowing through uh, constantly. Uh, so they'd be one track on the top and one track on the bottom. So depending on when you ride, you get a different experience. So that was kind of neat. And of course, he touched on it's a small world and Mr. Lincoln. And he had some really great pictures as well. I think the one thing that kind of touched everybody was uh, at the end of the World's Fair, he had pictures of the buildings actually being dismantled and destroyed. The one thing he said that Walt hated about the World's Fair was that he couldn't keep the attractions there. And everything had to be torn apart, so that's why he brought a lot of the attractions to Disneyland. Actually, I think he showed pictures of um, him recently being there, I think within like a year or something. And it's just like, it's not, none of it's recognizable. Yeah, I was over there a week or so ago, because I'm fortunate enough to live close to Flushing Metal Park where it all took place, and the only thing remaining is the New York Pavilion and the, and the Unisphere. That's it. It's kind of sad. Yeah that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a shame. That presentation was just amazing. He really did a good job. He actually got a standing ovation after that presentation was over. So that just shows how much appreciation he has for the company and how great presentation it really was. The quality was just fantastic. It was an amazing fair, can you say? Mm-hmm. You know, it sprung so many famous Disney attractions. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I'll have to say the new Lincoln is incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. It's a short show. It's not as long as Hall of Presidents, but it's... Wow. It's incredible. It really is. Moving on to, obviously, I think one of... Probably many great, great presentations of this whole two days was the Imagineering the Magic of Disney, hosted by none other than Marty Sklar. Yeah, this was amazing. <laughs> this was really amazing. Um, you know, Marty Sklar, of course, many people call him the Walt Disney of today because he's the one that's been to every single Disney park opening since Disneyland. Uh, he's the one that's been personally working with Walt forever. I mean, he really is a classy guy. And uh, he's been tell he told jokes with the Imagineers and everything. It was really cool to see him interact with all the, the old Imagineers. And kind of a neat story, I was actually uh, walking to get in line uh, before this press station started. And uh, I saw Al Alice Davies actually walking outside to get some air before having to sit down. So I thought that was kind of neat to see her. It goes to show you, you can run into anyone at Disneyland. <laughs> Just the, the talent that was there, uh, Alice Davies, Exitensio. Popker, it was just awesome. It really was. And the nice thing was each Imagineer that came out got a standing ovation, so that was really nice. I mean, those are the people that have really defined the Walt Disney Company to where they are, or where it is now. Mm -hmm. And have all that talent literally under one roof talking about what they've done is just a phenomenal. I think probably the best moment out of that whole presentation was, of course, the asking the questions, and he asked X. Exitensio, how did you come up with the uh, pirate song? And uh, X just said, well, because Walt wanted a pirate song. <laughs> and he actually just started singing Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, Pirate's Life for Me, which actually got a standing ovation, which was so cool. So 
That's awesome. Yeah, it was really awesome. It sounds like an amazing presentation, I have to say. It was great. It was it was really well done. Um, and actually, there was a funny moment. Marty Sklar was trying to figure out some of the songs that were written by the Sherman Brothers. And uh, he was talking about Adventure Through Inner Space, and he couldn't figure out the name of it. And uh, all of a sudden, I shout out, Miracles for Molecules. And he looks at me, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he actually, that was actually kind of neat. Well, speaking of music, let's talk about the e-ticket music from the Disney Park event that closed out that day's events, basically. Um, from what I can tell, this included different music from, you know, the whole spectrum. Obviously, the Tiki Room, from the Sherman Brothers, to, you know, different, basically special guests performing different songs of, you know, different famous Disney songs, so, I mean... Yeah, basically, it was just a celebration of Legends to start out, and they actually had... Uh, before the concert started on the big streams, uh, just showing all the different legends from past years, which was kind of neat. So I guess they're going to be doing this uh, on each Destination G, just celebrating the legends and having a big concert. I think that's kind of neat. So it started off with Richard Sherman, and he basically just sat on the piano and played pretty much every song that he wrote for the parks. I mean, he, he and his brother, you know. And I thought that was just really cool. I mean, he just basically went into each inter each song and you know, how it was written and stuff like that. Uh, the Tiki Room, It's a Small World, Miracles from Molecules. Yeah, he basically just every song that he wrote, so it was kind of neat. And then, of course, the concert actually started, and first it was John Tartaglia, who was actually at the, uh, I forgot to mention this, he was actually a special guest at the World of Color Meet uh, with WDW Radios. Um, he performed uh, Grim Greeting Ghost, and the puppets that he actually used, uh, he actually uh, had uh, built those earlier in the day. So, And then it just went on with different celebrities that I had no clue who they were. <laughs> Uh, just singing different songs from the Disney parks and it ended off with the D23 choir. Now, this is interesting because this choir is actually formed of cast members of D23. And then of course, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the Disney geek came out and sang a few songs. And yeah, it was just basically a big concert. It was kind of neat. So that's basically a big concert and that pretty much sums up day one. Yeah, pretty much. So I guess kick off the next day for day two, the uh, final day, was Disneyland through the eye of television which is basically, you know, how most people saw Disneyland the first time ever on television. So, I mean, was it a whole bunch of footage that people had never seen, or was it like a recap of everything? Um, a lot of it was footage of old, classic Disneyland, while basically presenting Disneyland, you know, during its building stages and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then they did show the classic opening ceremony at Disneyland, and they actually made everybody stand up and speak the opening ceremony words from Walt and I <laughs> the funny thing is you know of course everyone knows the, the lyrics to that right? right I'm sure you do Mark mm -hmm. everybody actually said thank you at the end of it <laughs> and Timothy O'Day actually started laughing and said you guys put the thank you in it that's hilarious I mean it was it was well done I mean they had a look at Disneyland 61 where it actually featured a, same, a Sherman Brothers song of the same name which has barely been heard by anybody really? yes and it was pretty catchy actually um, and then they showed a bunch of commercials, including one for Space Mountain, which was kind of neat. Um, and then they ended the, the celebration, or the ceremony, with uh, the Disneyland 30th Anniversary Celebration, uh, which was very 70s, very corny, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of neat to see. So it was a neat presentation. So then moving right along with that day's events to, I think, probably one of the events worth, as you said, you know, what really made it as the e-ticket event was Disneyland The Way We Were, hosted by none other than Dave Smith. Yeah, this is fantastic. Dave Smith came out and, of course, he got a very nice standing ovation. Of course, he's retired. Actually, he's retired now, officially. Yep. Of course, he said he's still going to be with him doing things for the company. And uh, I believe he will be taking part in Destination D next year and, of course, the Expo. So 
I mean, he's still going to be around, but of course he is retired. So, I mean, Marty Scalar's retired, but we still see him. So, but basically, this was a uh, basically a, a slideshow of uh, the beginning of Disneyland through the construction and everything. And each photo was in color, so it was pretty amazing. Um, if you want to see all the photos, I pretty much took every single photo. You can go to my Facebook page and they're there. But just it's beyond it's speechless to see all the photos that he put up. It was just amazing, and uh, he's a very humble person, Dave Smith. This presentation was really, really well done, and yeah, it's one of my favorites of the whole event. I don't think there's anyone else in the company that knows as much as he does. I mean, he's been collecting things for 40 years and putting them in the archives, so. One of the things he actually showed was he showed the first ticket into Disneyland an opening day, which was rare a few years uh, back in the day, but now it's not as rare. But the one thing that you showed that was extremely rare, which they just got recently, was the parking pass. Yeah. It's just basically a big sticker that says Disneyland parking and you put it on your car. So, yeah, very, very rare. Basically, he walked in, got a standing ovation, walked out, got a standing ovation. So, I mean, truly, people appreciate him and people, you know, really appreciate what he's done for the company. Absolutely. Alright, well, off of that amazing event, the next interesting event, at least to me, is Disneyland, the happiest place in pop culture, hosted by Tim O'Day. Yeah, this is interesting because at the beginning of this cinema, Tim O'Day basically said, you know, it's Disneyland that's basically opened up the entire world to things like calling people guests when you enter uh, either a restaurant or something like that. Uh, before Disneyland, no one wore name tags. Of course, you know, the Mouseketeers, the Mouse Hats, all that kind of stuff was born. Uh, Disneyland, but he also shared a lot of really good stories. Um, the one story he uh, shared at, at the end of the seminar was about talking about 9-11. Um, and uh, he was actually at Disneyland the day after 9-11. And I think he, he said something about they were deciding whether or not to even open the park that day. And they decided to open the park. Um, and he said he was on Main Street and there was basically you could throw a big bowling ball down Main Street and it wouldn't be hit by anybody. There was like nobody there. So um, he was on his way out, and then he saw some lady on a bench uh, basically crying. And uh, he went up to her and said, can I help you? And she didn't answer. And then he kept saying, can I help you? Can I help you? And then she basically looked at him and said, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to be here. I couldn't watch, I couldn't watch it on TV anymore. And of course, Tim got very emotional telling that story, so you could tell that... Uh, that's a very emotional story for him, and he basically said that, you know, d no matter what's going on in the world, Disneyland's basically a place where anyone can escape. Right. So, I mean, that that to me that brought tears to my eyes, and I think a lot of people in the audience, uh, I think that touched a lot of people in the audience as well. So that that, that was a pretty amazing story. That was the darkest day. Well, that was the day after the darkest day I think personally in American history. And you know, I Disneyland, you know, as you said, Disneyland's always there for someone. It's always a place to escape. Mm -hmm. It is a different world. Mm -hmm. Moving on, I guess, to a somewhat happier thing was, as you were saying before, you know, how he's basically talking about how Disneyland influenced the use of the words guests and theme park mm -hmm. and cast members. And, mm -hmm. you know, Disney really did revolutionize the industry with these things. So, mm -hmm. yep. it's, it's, ni it's nice to see where, you know, the influence Disneyland really did have on the pop culture. Yeah, just all the stuff he showed really, really amazing. Um, you know, he just talked about just everything that Disneyland influenced. I mean, like the name tags, the hats, and everything. Yeah. 
I mean, even the costumes, I think even he said beforehand that no one really had a set costume on set, so... Yeah, I mean, they revolutionized the industry. It's still to this day they keep revolutionizing the industry. Absolutely. You know, no one, as far as I can tell, no one can compete with Disney. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the event right after Disneyland's The Happiest Place in Pop Culture is a basically, I guess, a short little word from the president of Disneyland. Well, it was more of an interview. Um, they had an ABC reporter from the local station. Yeah, it says here, ABC's Garth Kemp. Yeah, and he and uh, George Calabrese are actually good friends. They actually showed a video of them taking a ride on the canoes in Disneyland, mm-hmm. which was kind of neat to watch. So they're good friends. It was basically just an interview with his history in the company. I think he's been with the company 30 years. And, of course, he just recently became president of Disneyland. Um, so just a lot of his history, but they did touch on a few things. They had a really neat preview for Tro- Electronica. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the uh, stars came out from that show. Uh, they used a lot of lasers and stuff in the <laughs> theaters. So it's kind of neat to see that. And then they also had a preview of the Disney Dance Crew. And they actually had the talking Mickey Mouse come out. So that was really neat to see him. Wow. The full functioning eyes and mouth, everything. So I guess they're going to use him in that show. And it was pretty cool when the video first popped up on YouTube. And, and then they have used him in several events. Um, he was at the World of Color, right. the World of Color premiere. Right, right. And he was at this event, so that was really neat to see him. Yeah. And we also got to see a full preview of Tron. Like, and, and that movie looks amazing, so I can't wait to see it. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, it, look, it looks really well done. And, uh, of course, it got a big, big applause at the end of it, so. I'm waiting for it, I'm telling you. Mm, yeah, they it's going to be amazing. They can't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. From, so, basically, he pretty much summed up what's coming ahead at Disneyland. Yeah, and of course he had, I think, the top five questions of what he'd be asked from D23 members. Um, one of them was, will the people move ever come back? And he said, it may come back in some stage. Um, basically, uh, he said something about some kind of law that if they were to bring back the people mover every couple of inches, they would have to build stairs really? on a track. Yeah, so that's one of the main reasons why they're having trouble bringing the attraction back. Interesting. That's yeah. different, I take it, then, um, I guess Florida law is different than California law. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, he says they're trying to work out some situation where they can possibly bring it back. So at least, you know, he told us something about it. Yeah, which is good. And it says here at the very end that you guys all left with posters and billboards. Uh, I mean, doesn't California Adventure? Yeah, those billboards are actually there right now. I'm actually looking at them right now. Uh, one says, visiting beautiful Cars Land coming down the road in 2012. And then... Basically, they're pretty nice po- billboards, then. Yeah, the posters were actually are actually billboards inside the park. So that's oh, kind of... So nice. That's a nice little gift there. Yeah. Absolutely. So after your little interview with um, Disneyland President, the second to last event of this amazing two-day event of this amazing two-day destination D is the wonderful world of Vintage Disneyland in color, hosted by none other than Tony Baxter and Ed Holberman. Yeah, this is really great. Um, they actually came out and said that um, done this before with the Disneyland Secret Stories and Magic DVD and also at the expo, but they also surprised everyone and said, we have 20 minutes of footage that no one's seen before. So this is actually footage of Disneyland being constructed. It was just amazing. And not only that, but they also had footage of the opening ceremonies in color, which has never been seen by anybody before. And the whole parade in color. I mean, they have miles and miles of footage that they still haven't uncovered yet. So in color, yeah. They had actual color video of the uh, opening ceremonies? Yep. Because yeah. all I've ever seen, it's always been in black and white. Yeah, they actually restored it. And uh, it's a different angle, too. It's not the angle that you're used to seeing. So it was taken on a different camera, and then they actually uh, restored it, put it in color, and it looks fantastic. So yeah, they basically just sat there for an hour and had commentary. I mean, I would listen to Tony Baxter, Baxter for, you know, hours. He's just an amazing Imagineer. 
And uh, one of the announcements he made, of course, was that Indiana Jones reopened that day with the new animatronic at the end of the ride, which really looks nice. And then he also announced that on the Mark Twain Riverboat, which uh, recently reopened just a few days ago, it has a brand new narration. So yeah, that's basically it. Just a lot of footage, which is really amazing. I also forgot, I just forgot to mention, um, at the end of the previous cinema, they presented the very last uh, footage that Walt worked on before he passed away. Uh, just him, one of his shows. And uh, yeah, that was really cool. That's going to be released in the first episode of the Armchair Archivist on D23 in November. So eventually everyone will be able to see that. But we were the first, so that was really cool. And then now the final event is Disneyland USA screening and panel hosted by Tim Day, which pretty much, I guess, summed up everything for the day. Um, well, you, you have the Secret Stories and Magic DVD, right? There's a... Vintage film on there called Disneyland USA, and uh, they they showed that film here, and it's been recently restored. So basically, a whole tour of Disneyland. It was kind of neat. And then at the end, um, they actually had a panel. Yeah, and after the film, they uh, had J Jack Lanquest, who was the first president of Disneyland and uh, one of the park's first guest relations hostess. That was a really nice uh, chat with them. Uh, he's coming out with a book in a few months, uh, just basically talking about his time in Disneyland stuff like that. Um, and one of the stories she shared was uh, he was walking down Main Street during the holiday season and uh, he ran into a little girl that said uh, coming to Disneyland was just that much better than getting a visit from Santa Claus. So he said at that time, I think that was a moment that we were doing something me meaningful to people. So, But all in all, this event was just fantastic. So, And uh, of course, Stephen Clark came out earlier in the, in the day and announced that the Destination D will be returning next year to Walt Disney World May 14th and 15th. I've seen from these past two days this destination be you know I have very high hopes for the next one down in Florida I think what they were trying to do was a lot of the stuff that they did here was stuff that they did at the expo that a lot of people were very upset that they couldn't get into because of course the convention center in Anaheim can only hold so many people um, and I think this is their way of saying you know we're gonna bring out the best from the expo and put it here I don't think they expected it to be that big so I think them having destination D and Walt Disney World was a last-minute decision and plus I heard Stephen Clark say that, you know, there's no real big event going on for the 40th next year, wow. so. And plus, you know, we haven't really had a big event at Disney World, really, so. Yeah. I think this is our way of getting a, an expo-type event out, out at Walt Disney World, and it'll be at the Contemporary Convention Center, too, so. So anyway, that just about sums up your, pretty much your whole Disneyland trip out there. I mean, starting last week, yeah. you want to get in? Like I said, I, the event was spectacular. I just, it's been an unbelievable year for me with D23. You know, last year, was it's basically me and signing up for D23 with the magazine. I figured that'd be as far as I would go with it because the events back then weren't really all that big. And then, of course, the expo came out and I got mad because I couldn't go. And then, of course, this year I was able to go to the Flowers and Fireworks event, which was spectacular. Well, that should just wrap up this week's show if... Wait. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? Hello? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in just five minutes, we will present our nighttime fireworks production, Happy Hallowishes, a grim grinning ghost spooktacular in the sky. In order for you to fully experience tonight's presentation, the lighting around the Magic Kingdom will be reduced. For your own safety and for that of others, we ask that you remain in the same location until the lighting returns to normal. Well then, I guess that really is the end for this week's show. Happy Halloween, everyone. From all of us here at the Dizcast, thank you for joining us this week. 
and be sure to join us again. <laughs> Until then, have a ghoulish week. <laughs>
Lumpa-Woozle is very confusal. A heifer lump of very sly. Sly, sly. They come in ones and twosles, but if they so twosles, before your eyes you'll see them multiply. Big elephants on parade, here they come, hibbity hoppity. They're here and there, big elephants everywhere. Look out! Look out! Big elephants on parade! Wicked time of year, isn't it? And I have just the spell to put us all in the mood. The Lucas of Ruga come winds of the Caspian Sea. The Rhinxis Glacidus, Max Laryngitis, La Voce to me. Now sing. Sing! Sing! kidding when they called me, well, a witch. <laughs> Listen up, sweet lips. I'll give you all a little treat. <laughs> Next year, you'll be dressing like me. Unfortunate souls. <laughs> starting the fun without me. <laughs> Why, you're dead right. Well then, let me treat you all to a little sorcery in the sky. <laughs> Man, you called that Magic? <laughs> Move on, old boy, and let Mr. Oogie kick it up a notch. Well, well, well. 
What have we here? A trick-or-treater, huh? Oh, I'm really scared. So you're the ones they're talking about. <laughs> when Mr. Oogie Boogie says there's trouble close at hand, you'd better pay attention now, because I'm the boogeyman. to you. We're delighted you could creep on over. Why, we've only begun to heat things up. Let's show them just how spirited an All Hallows Eve celebration can really be! thrilling, wasn't it? And now, to end our ghostly gathering, we invite you to partake in our favorite Halloween tradition, the scream-along. Any volunteers? Just scream like you're trying to wake the dead! <laughs> this is Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 everybody scream!
Happy Haunts want to thank you for hanging around while we scared up a little Halloween fun. <laughs> we do hope you'll drop in again for another spooktacular celebration. Happy Halloween, everyone! <laughs> Hurry back.